Are you waiting for everything to be perfect before you decide to enjoy life? Stop waiting. Start living. Welcome to Life in 22 Minutes with Scott and Becky McIntosh, where you will hear inspiring stories from imperfect people living life with courage, humor, and a whole lot of love, despite challenging circumstances to bring hope to your heart and a smile to your face in only 22 minutes. Now, let's welcome the host of the show, Scott and Becky McIntosh. number three. We are so excited to have a special guest on our show today, and we are so excited for you to meet her and hear her story. First, let me tell you a little bit about our guest, Simone Black. Simone grew up in Utah and graduated from Brigham Young University in public relations. At age 30, she lost her husband to cancer, leaving her a single parent with three young children. I met Simone about a year ago in a grief specialist certification class through the World Spiritual Health Organization. It was a course that we went through to become certified to help people through grief. And then about a month ago, our paths crossed again. And as I heard more of Simone's story and positive outlook on life, I thought, wow, this is a story that needs to be shared. There are many tools that can be applied to many different situations and circumstances. But before I welcome Simone, I should welcome my husband and co-host, Scott. Well, this is my first time meeting Simone. I'm excited because I've heard all about her. Becky's talked about her and uh, in some of your journey. I haven't heard the whole story, so I'm excited to hear it as well. Great. I'm happy to be here. Becky and I met because I work at a funeral home. And that's the place where we had our World Spiritual Health Organization meeting and becoming better at helping people in grief. And I obviously deal with a lot of people who suffer with a lot of grief. And myself dealt with a lot of that grief, too. Uh, When I was 30, my husband got diagnosed with large cell carcinoma of the lung. He had just been laid off from his job. We had no insurance. He went in and found out that he had this cancer and had three little children, eight, five, and one-year-old. And they took us up. He did a scan. They found out that there's one to five years to live. And at that point, I fell apart. And a cute nurse took me in the next room and just let me fall apart in a private area. And after that, we just figured out what do we need to do next. And it was a hard road accepting what we had in front of us. So um, just a minute, they, to break in a minute, they, they just said one to five years. There was zero chance. There wasn't, hey, if we do this, if we do that, we can maybe combat this. They just said, that's it. One to five. And yeah. he only lasted seven months. Wow. He, it was really a hard thing for him. And, and I, I feel he just kind of fell into a depression mm-hmm. So that was hard. So he chose not to take any treatment at that time. And just kind of... Because of the quality of life? Exactly. His doctor, one of his doctors said, the chemo may kill you before the cancer does. So he chose Mm -hmm. to take quality Mm -hmm. of life for as long as he had it, as opposed to the chemo and all the the hardship that comes with that. Wow. So that's a difficult thing. And and, and tell us about that process, how they broke it to you. Just, Just tell us how 
Were they just super kind and loving, put their arms around you? Was it just kind of like you felt like, well, you guys do this all the time, and it's just, we're just another person you told that to, or, or how did you get that news? Interesting you asked that. No one's asked me this before. I was staying at a friend's house with my children while he went and got the scan done, and they said, you got to come to the hospital because um, we've done a biopsy. And I knew he was going to go in for that. And I said, okay, call me when you're done. It was just kind of this funny mm -hmm. thing where it was just no big deal. Oh, they found something. Okay, well, just call me when you're done. And you're young. I'll come get you. I was 30. He was 35. Mm -hmm. So they called us, or they called me and came to the hospital. And I walked in the room and everyone looked at the looks on their faces. I'm like, what's going on? And the doctor says, we found a large cell carcinoma of the lung. He's got one to five years to live. And I, wow. I I was stunned. It was like two by four, just whack. Cause I felt myself falling apart mm -hmm. and I didn't want to fall apart in front of everyone. And cause they were just staring at me. So mm, she took me away and let me fall apart in a little room next to the nurse's station. I'll never forget that. And I, I think a lot about that person and what she did for me. She didn't say much. She just sat there with me and just let me Cry. <laughs> you felt that she cared so much. She cared so much. That was really touching. It goes back to the Angela. Just, I mean, people won't remember what you made or what you said or what you did, but it'll remember how you made them feel. And, and you'll always just thank her for how she made you feel. I don't remember her name. I don't remember anything about. It. I can't. Even, I can barely remember what she looked like. But yeah, and along that path, after that happened, different people came into my life and just brought joy. And mm. peace. And mm. I don't even know if they know they did, but wow. it was amazing. It was an amazing wow. journey. So seven months later, you find yourself a single parent of three young kids. Mm -hmm. At 30 years old. Yep, 30 years old. Um, I mean, happens to a lot of people. There'll be people listening that said, that's happened to me. I was only yep. 22, or they'll have all different ages. Yes. It happens to all of us. Not all of us. <laughs> a lot of us. So what happened next? Mm. Because I know now that you're married and, and have a combined family of children. And what took you from there to where you are now? Some more rough road. Uh -huh. <laughs> Shortly. As expected. As expected. Shortly thereafter, um, my cute little son, he says, are you going to find me a new daddy? He'd, give, he'd bring me the phone book and say, oh, and let's just find a new daddy for me. And he'd look through. Oh. He, was, he was six. And... I'm like, oh my word, I guess I'm going to go date. I mean, he wants to meet the daddy and they're just so little and I felt, I felt young. I guess I was now that I'm 50. Mm -hmm. I was young. <laughs> and so I started dating and jumped into a relationship really fast. Didn't really check it out very well. He was a widower with five boys and just jumped in and it was rough. It was rough, but, um, did that for 10 years. And helped him with his boys, and he had five boys, and the kids all love each other, and so it, it was. Mm -hmm. There was some joy there, but um, the funny thing is, um, after after my first husband got sick and passed away, I thought, oh gosh, God will never, you know, put anything really hard in my path. That's just the hardest thing ever, isn't it? I mean, somebody passes away, mm. my rest of my life is just going to be so breezy and easy. This is going to be great, and. Um, yeah, not true. <laughs> not true. We don't get strong without being tested with hard things. So, so you had difficulty, which is harder than most people could even imagine to go through. 
And then you went into another difficult situation that was totally different. Totally different. And had to just change your whole mindset on how to deal with that. Yeah, after 10 years and, and the kids were uh, really depressed and we finally decided, and all, well, I decided I can't really do this anymore and, and it's not healthy for all of us. And so I left and took care of the kids and they were older by then. And mm-hmm. So, but they were happy. It, it, children are such a great example to me about looking at the bright side and finding the joy in everyday life. It doesn't matter what's happening. Your father could be dying or your stepfather could be mistreating you, but they find joy in everyday life. And I can't get over and I I will never stop thinking and talking about how beautiful children are and and the joy they bring just by watching them be themselves. And your face lights up as you talk about that. How did you find the joy during that? those difficult days and during that difficult time? You really have to find it. You really have to search for it sometimes because there'll be multiple things coming down at you. But, you know, as you look out the window, do you see anything beautiful? Do you, do you find anything that just touches your heart? And you're grateful for it because it's not always gloom and doom. And there's always something beautiful that you can find that can brighten the moment. It may only be a moment. I remember living minute to minute. Yeah. I mean, cause that's all I could do, but silly things just brought joy. I remember at 10 o'clock, 10 30, 11 star Trek was on. And that was my hour to just kind of escape. I've watched star Trek, the next generation. I never watched it before, but all of a sudden that was my show because it just gave me a break and it gave me just a minute to just check out. Mm-hmm. And that's so important. You can't yeah. be at it every minute trying to work through whatever hard thing you're, you're going through. You need to take time to restore. Right. You let, need let time. Me, let me ask how you got to that positive state of mind. Were you more of an optimist where you could just find those joy times, uh, those, those, those little things, looking think. outside and seeing the beauty? Or did you go to another place where you thought it could be worse? And, and it's not. Or did you just see joy without having to go to the imagining it could be worse first? Well, it felt worst. <laughs> I didn't feel like it could get any worse. And so the children helped a lot. I had a baby, and she didn't know what was going on. She just wanted to love and kiss and play mm. and giggle and be happy. And that was a great, great break from the hard, the hardships. <laughs> And she was just a joy and still is. She's doing amazing things in her life. Um, all, all three of my children are. They just have experienced enough to know that, you know, you just make things happen and don't worry about all the hard things going on. Don't let them limit you. Don't let them put you in a box and find your place. I love that. And... And you, you mentioned your, your kids and how that's their attitude and that's their outlook. And most likely, they learned that from you. They watched you look for the good and to, to find joy. Because I, I know that you're a person that finds humor in things. Do you have an example of something that was very challenging and difficult that you found humor Again, it comes back to the kids. Kids know so well how to get silly. 
Mm-hmm. And as adults, the older you get, the less silly you get because hard things happen, serious things happen. You know, you have bills and sickness and and a number of things that just weigh you down. And most of them you can't do anything about. Absolutely nothing because it's yeah. it's uncontrollable. And they were such a great example of just um, letting go, letting God, and turning it over to Him, and take those moments when you can find the joy and, and see the bright side, see the rainbow through the clouds, enjoy the rain. It, it, there's just so many things. Well, you already mentioned that your son, who was six years old, he came to you, handed you the phone book, and says, we need to find a daddy. And and, and you, that could have been taken two ways. You could have had a total mental breakdown and just sat and sobbed. Or you could have just laughed and thought, that's the cutest thing I've ever seen. I thought it was adorable, but I, I did think it was a little sad at the same time. I'm like, son, we can't find a person out of the phone book. I thought, oh, my goodness. Just his innocence made me laugh. Yeah. Like, oh, that's what you do. You open the phone book and you find another dad. Look at all these names. There's got to be There's somebody. There's got to be somebody there. There's got to be, yeah. Yeah. Just open and put your finger down on it and uh-huh. call that Just number. Just find a good name and call them up. Yeah. Well, might, you know, that might not be a bad idea because you don't really get it's to choose a gamble your last anyway. name. At least that way you've got to choose a better name right. if you didn't like the name you had, you know. <laughs> There's a lot of women out there that probably look at who they're marrying and think, ooh, do I want to be called that the rest of my life? So... There's a thought process to that. This kid's onto something. <laughs> I should let him know. <laughs> <laughs> how old is he now? He's 25. He's 25. Yeah. And how have they dealt with being raised in step situations instead of having their father? The blended family. Blended family is tricky. Yeah, it's it's tricky. It takes a, an incredible amount of unselfishness and patience, more so than in, I felt, a regular family. Because all of a sudden you're living with people you don't really know. And they're your siblings, step-siblings. But people at school and people in the, at your local church, they don't know. They're like, well, y'all come together, mm-hmm. aren't you? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so it, it's, it, takes, it takes a strong group of people to pull two families together and, and make it even, work. Even two good, solid families to bring them together is still difficult. Oh, yeah. I mean, even... Even traditional families, you got siblings that fight or don't speak or, I mean, there's trouble all the time and, and, and it's the same principle in that case too. You got to try and... But when you're a parent and you have a teen daughter that wants to do such and such and you tell her, no, that's not going to happen and she looks at you and says, you're not my mom. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you went through that. Well, no, because he had all boys, but... <laughs> <laughs> But, oh, yeah, you get that you get that feeling, and so you learn how to work through. You talk to your spouse and say, okay, this is what's going on. I'm in a third one now, and it really goes well because we're a united front, and we work together, yeah. and we both want the kids to feel loved and cared about and comfortable and mm-hmm. peace. And none of them live with us anymore. They've all grown, but there was a time when we had to have three of them, and it worked because of... Our relationship and because we wanted the best for them well many of our listeners are going to want to know how did she pick herself up and move the next day we all know people don't know what to say so they don't say anything mm-hmm. and then there's those that are 
just all over you because they want to smother you with love. And you're just like, I want to have some space. Or people just don't know how to deal with it. What, what, how do people deal with somebody who's lost a spouse, for one thing? And the other thing is, what got you to get up the next morning and get out of bed? Kids, for one, because they don't know any different and they still need you. That helps mm -hmm. a lot. If I hadn't had the children, I think, I don't know, call me Pollyanna or something. I always think there is something good. There is something good out there. I'm going to find it. I'm going to get up and see if it's there. Sometimes it's not. And I, you know, I would go back to bed. Well, nothing was good today. I'm just going to go back to bed. But then there's always another day. Yeah. And you, there's surprises that happen. And, and there's such good people out there. And if you put yourself out there, you're going to meet them. And they bless your life. Um, prayer. I prayed a lot, a lot of prayer. And I so often in the worst of situations, I literally felt a warm, comforting blanket, although none was there, but I felt it tucked around me. And I knew there was a, a God in heaven who knew what I was going through and that he loved me and that it was going to be okay. Even though these things were tough and hard, it's going to be okay. And I felt that. And I went off that and I, and I said, okay, it would, if you tell me it's going to be okay, then I know I'm going to be okay. Give you hope. I love that. And it, it was really, what do I need to do today? And how can I make my kids feel some happiness and joy? I quit really worrying about myself and I thought I want them to have some happy days and some happy times because this is really horrible. <laughs> what can I do to make them feel some joy and them? I didn't want them to see me crying all the time. They knew I was sad. They knew it was a hard thing, but that was even harder for them. They were just little. They didn't want to see mommy crying all the time. Yeah. So, and I, it's almost a fake it till you make it almost, mm -hmm. you know, you have moments of fun and joy and, and then they are happy and joyful and it just, the, the, the positive, happy energy, you can't help but feel better. You really can't. It just happens. And as the years have passed, I've learned so much um, on letting people be who they are. Letting the kids be where they're at. Not trying to talk them into not being sad or being this way or that way. And even you know, now with my husband, I need to let him be who he is. And I will be my, who I am. And we're going to be okay with that. So many times we want the other person to be the way you see they should be <laughs> be this way so I can feel better do this so I can feel better and be happy instead of I'm gonna love you enough to let you be who you are and, and that uh, then it goes to my next question is you have a death date in your life now that you didn't have before mm -hmm. and other people we, we forget our own anniversaries sometimes so it'd be very easy for a new husband to forget a death date that was important to somebody else how do you deal with having that day where things might be different for you, where you are fresh on your mind and, and, and memories are coming back to you and you don't want to offend somebody who loves you dearly now and you love, mm -hmm. but you still have a place in your heart for somebody else who was very important to you in your life that's no longer there. How do you deal with that daily ba or a yearly basis, excuse me, on that date? It's funny, the date isn't so much the hard part. It, it's funny, um, it comes and goes sometimes and I don't even remember, oh yeah, it was about this time. And I think it's because I don't focus on so much that date. Um, 
it doesn't help me. It doesn't help me to really focus on it and then grieve over it again. And it doesn't help the children either. We talk about it. Remember this, remember that. We'll reminisce a little, but we're not going to just go, oh, <laughs> it's so... Because God, he makes it okay. That's like I was saying a minute ago. It's a bittersweet thing. It was a bitter time, but, but there was sweetness put into it. It's hard to describe because God does love us and he's going to give us some sweetness when you're going through trials and hard things. And some, and so when we think and talk about it, you know, there's the, the better sweetness of it. Yes, thank you, Simone. What is one last thing that you would like to leave with our listeners? Time doesn't heal the wound, but it scabs it over and it, it dulls it so that it's not so raw. So there's hope for anybody who's going through that raw pain, it, it'll subside. And you won't ever forget it, and you'll remember it, but it doesn't hurt so bad. We appreciate you sharing such intimate parts of your life. Thank you, Simone, for, for sharing today and being on our show. Thank you for having me. We sure appreciate you having Simone here with us today. And as we wind down to our 22 minutes, uh, let's just recap a few of the beautiful nuggets that Simone shared. Number one was, we don't get strong without being tested by hard things. Number two, children are great examples of finding joy in everyday life. And number three, it's not always gloom and doom. There is always something beautiful that you can find to brighten that moment. So appreciate Simone. That was awesome. Thank you very much for uh, sharing that with us today. And we appreciate our listeners for being here. Join us next week on episode four with our special guest, Abby Stevens, who will share her inspiring story of courage, humor, and a whole lot of love. All right. Until next time, we'll see you later. Thanks for listening to Life in 22 Minutes. If you liked what you heard, tell your friends about us, and please subscribe to us on iTunes and leave a review. Your review will help us to broaden our audience. Until next time, don't wait for things to be perfect. Get out there and live life with courage, humor, and a whole lot of love.